Well, uh, hello, folks, and welcome. <laughs> Wake up, pop those <laughs> snooze bubbles, uh, and those wow. anime sn- snooze bubbles. Pop them all, and uh, join us to talk some gnats. This is, of course, We the Peeps, the American soccer podcast in which you're going to get to know everything that you need to know about the U.S. national soccer team. I'm Clayton. And I'm the rapper. Uh, I'm Ty. I manage a web design company. And I just woke up. Um, has the Uruguay game happened yet? I, I just had a nightmare that it was like awful. It was it. it uh, that was reality. It's, it's, it's and so boring. You've oh. just woken up into your dreams. Uh, it's we the peeps. Inception. <laughs> it's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. Inception, indeed. Uh, did this happen or not? It wasn't awful. It wasn't, it wasn't that nightmare. bad. It was just like sometimes you have a sometimes you have a dream that is just like normal life, and you wake up and you're like, "What the fuck?" Like I was asleep. I could have been like flying on dragons. <laughs> yeah. Why was I doing my taxes? This was you yeah. Know? This was less of a disaster versus Mexico nightmare and more of a sort of Groundhog's Day existential. <laughs> Uh, dread, Nightmare. sort of right. like a, a Bartleby the Scrivener esque <laughs> dystopia. So, USA, U.S. men's national team played Uruguay and uh, left the fans wondering, "Yura, why did we even play this Yura, game? Why bother? <laughs> Yura, why are we all here?" Uh, the, <laughs> the score ultimately was one to one tie game, uh, and we're going to get into all the ins and outs, um, which. Quite frankly, there's not that many of, uh, but but we're here to talk about it because we love this team and we love you. Uh, please, as always, remember to shoot us a rating. Five stars, please. That helps us so very much. Uh, so please do that. Get on there um, and hit us with a five star. Also, if you'd like to connect with us uh, in between sodes, be sure to follow us on Twitter at or WTP pod. That's a Wilbur Tango pizza. Wilbur Tango Tango pizza. Uh, pod uh, on Twitter. Do that. End of housekeeping. Oh, uh, wait. One more thing. Um, go ahead and tell a friend. Please tell a friend. If you've got a friend who likes the gnats or who you think... Nats curious. <laughs> someone who's nats curious. You can always tell. Uh, just just g- give them uh, the link to this podcast and, and then don't don't ask again about it. Don't they put like too watch, much pressure. They like keep it in a like small window on their computer at work. Yeah, during the game, but they they don't want anyone to find out that they watched it because they think they'll be looked down upon. Sure, yeah, society. Just to, tell them that hasn't no, you can look down upon these two gentlemen and feel better about yourself. <laughs> exactly, because we're knee deep in this shit. We're trapped. All right, and we're, we're trapped in this shit. <laughs> we're trapped. We're, we're, we're walking along right it, through that we're trap. Walking along through it. Keep it, Christian. Roll Dan. Rolled and rolled and rolled and rolled and rolled in. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Uh, this was not the Serginho Dest game we've ever watched, uh, but it wasn't the it wasn't the worst. Uh, line them up. Let's line them up. We've got in goal, my dream come true, apparently. Uh, Brad Guzan, the polar bear, both gloves to you. You, you brought it into existence with your <laughs> sure response last episode. I manifested that, unfortunately. Uh, and then we've got center back, classic center back pairing, uh, Aaron Long and tim ream uh 
no no combos, please, uh, on that name. We're, <laughs> we're just, just going to go with their action. Anything to do with Reem, we're just going to skip. Yeah, we'll yeah. just uh, pass over that one. Uh, left and right back. It looks like uh, Serginho Dest in there for another spot. Why not? Why not? More Dest, the better. Uh, and Reggie, the soccer player formerly known as Reggie Cannon in the middle. We've got Jackson Yule. Welcome on. Sebastian Legette. Thank God. Good to see you. And of course, rolled and rolled and rolled and rolled and rolled in. Rolled in. Christian rolled in. Uh, to, to hold it down for us. Why not give him the captain's armband while you're at it? Up front, uh, silver lining here. Josh Sargent getting the start. On the right side, we're going to have Tyler Boyd and Jordan Morris. This game uh, was was pretty lightweight, sort of uh, had a had the vibe of a training session for sure. Um, uh, there was there was a lot of uh, both. Uh, there was a lot of Uruguay letting us attempt things, uh, as, as if to say that's cute, very sweet, um, and then occasionally actually trying to score and looking very dangerous. Um, there was a much less of a press than versus Mexico. Uh, so a lot, uh, you know, U.S. had a decent amount of possession. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, Brian Rodriguez would score an absolute screamer. Broad. Broad. B-Rod. Uh, absolute screamer past Brad Guzan, past Bruce. Ah, fuck that. Past uh, everything. Past everything. Through the net. Blast through the net. Watch out for your face. Uh, this was actually a decent goal <laughs> for the highlight. Protect your neck. <laughs> Protect your neck. Um, Broad coming. And then Jordan Morris would uh, bring it back for us to 1-1 in the 79th minute with a weird <laughs> chested goal. Uh, Second not- chested goal of the year, they said, <laughs> from the Nats. Him and Aaron Long. But not before we'd see wow. Tyler Boyd comically rip one off the ground from inches away from the goal and somehow over the post just wasn't your day boyd uh, and we'd also get to see some some subs on here and just for the uh one-to-one comparison we got to see a little giassi zardes why not uh as well as daniel lovitz miles robinson paxton pomacall Talk about silver linings for about three minutes, desperately running around trying to have some sort of a Nats experience for himself. Uh, Nick Lima and Corey Baird would also make appearances. Ty, uh, when you woke up from this odd and dreamlike state, uh, what was your first impressions of this match? Well, going into it, you know, I was I was wondering, can in the U.S. reach their desk at long last? And, you know, you'll hear in this episode... <laughs> You will hear in this episode that it just <laughs> rolled on. But <laughs> Boyd, oh Boyd, Sergeant, we love it anyway. That's a joke, but it's also my take. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm tired of friendlies. I'm, I'm pumped for this Nations League uh, because it just, it just will get some bite that these games don't have the six subs i feel like we could just do away with the six sub thing in these friendlies and actually improve them quite a bit uh though i think the clubs wouldn't be as happy um so yeah for me in these matches now after friggin 25 of them over the last 18 months um i'm just looking at individual performances and just looking for little moments uh from the players who i'm actually interested in seeing uh, and from this lineup, there were there were a small subset uh, of players who I consider like really relevant uh, data, where we you know we don't know enough about them to to uh, accurately ascertain uh, their long term you know value to the team. 
So I'm thinking of Dest and Ewell and um, Sargent to a degree. Uh, and, you know, these are the players. I'm just, I'm just like watching their um, all touches, essentially. And sure, that's just yeah. occurring alongside the, the actual match. Uh, and, you know, some of the players who came off the bench fall into that uh, category as well. All right, so let's start with uh, what is probably the, the most important and most interesting minutes, individual minutes on the field. Uh, Josh Sargent, how do you think the boy who would be king did on this outing? Uh, he was okay. He didn't really have the, the service you need as a you know, striker to be threatening. Um, I thought he had good moments where he, he got in behind and, um, and, and looked, you know, looked dangerous. And he, he's clearly uh, has a dynamism that uh, our control, uh, our, our replacement player, Zardes, does not. So I think he makes defenses think in a different way, and he, he pops up in different spots on the field, and I like that. Um, so, you know, I, I was hoping for, for more from him, uh, in the, the home opportunity that he had. Um, but he had, he had a couple little moments and I think, you know, our, our evaluation of him remains high, uh, but clearly his, his best is yet to come. Clearly, I was honestly a little disappointed. I think, you know, it's easy to, I may have overhyped the, the gap between him and Giassi Zardes, um, do you think, is there any part of you that, so, so you know, seeing, seeing Tyler Boyd, for instance, in this game, mm-hmm. be not that good, uh, and started to make a lot of sense why Morris got those starts at the end of the Gold Cup for me, watching Tyler Boyd, and was there any, was there any iota, any ounce of that in terms of, like, Josh Sargent and the gap between him and Giassi Zardes? No. <laughs> Next question. No, Next um, question, you, No, I think, I think there's, a, there's a gap currently. Uh, because for every game that you know, Sargent is anonymous in Zardes has another five where he's anonymous, uh, and and what Sargent doesn't do that Zardes does is hurt the team. I mean, you know, Zardes is is like a black hole for for movement, you know, on the ground, and Sargent yeah. can can just participate in the play. So when Sargent drops deep into midfield, he's actually like a midfielder instead of like a uh, <laughs> exposed manhole that the ball just falls into. Uh, so. We want we 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 have to be. We're trying to play this passing out of the back style, and it's imperative that every player on the team be able to participate in that because you're going to need everyone at some point in the construction of these moves. You know, um, so so yeah, I think it's 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 actively helpful just to have a uh, a baseline you know uh, amount of touch uh, from the forward, and then the the tools that Sergeant has. Like that's where he has yet to explode for the U.S. is like, is is really becoming lethal. Um, but he's 18, right? And and he's got plenty of time. And in my opinion, the the national team is a place where you cultivate talent for a player like him who is you know starting somewhat, but but maybe once so far in the Bundesliga season, he's got 100 odd minutes so far. Um, getting, I wish he had gotten you know. 150 minutes for the u.s he, he probably only got 90 in total um i you know so I, but i see these camps as a way to actually help him improve because he's playing against better opposition than he can for you know vertebremen reserves or, or whatever sure so any and any other uh, solo minutes you want to check in on before we talk about what's next for this yeah national uh, team? so dest was my my highlight yeah. i thought his um 
he, I don't know if he had the best game like by the numbers, but he has that thing, a similar thing with Pomacall um, that I noticed. You know, Pomacall at U twenty level when you just see his uh, the way that the ball travels at his feet, it's just different. The the physics yeah. of it, yeah. the the pattern of it is different. In the same way that like when you watch Jaden Sancho dribble, um, the ball just does different things. And, um, and Dest has that Dest, Dest swivels like Pulisic. Uh, he drives very well. Um, his crosses are accurate. He's clever. My favorite moment was the, the ball where he, um, uh, cut back. It was cut back to him and he hit a, a long, very confident, long shot very, very well and forced a good save. Um, I, I love seeing those moments. He's want to do. I mean, yeah, I think yeah, I've seen him do that yeah. once in, in most games I've seen him play. Right, right. He gets one in, yeah. And they, the, one, the one he scored against, uh, or didn't score, but the, the winner Led against France goal, in the U20 yeah. World Cup, right, was one of his long, long shots after a burst from uh, right back. So, so I think that's, that's a part of his game I love. I mean, when was the last time you saw a U.S. right back, you know, contribute meaningfully to the attack it's it's hard to hard to remember yeah it's like uh, or i guess left back in his case like any Beasley, any penetration the scare yeah, of magic it, yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so uh, so for me I, this camp confirmed his specialness it confirmed that he's up to this level i would have no problem tomorrow in a world cup starting him at left back so um so that that's that's really productive uh, obviously, we don't have assurance that he would say yes um, at the moment, but our our sincere hope uh, is that that's the case because I think we just we've just locked in a a World Cup starter who uh, you know, and, and we need we still need another like five or six to really feel good about the team. Um, but he that's that's a slot we can kind of like check off, you know, barring absolutely. injury. I think that's he's a player who will be in the mix. So absolutely, a couple other. Um you know, p- people who had a decent showing, but these ones aren't as encouraging uh, because of who they are. Sebastian Legette is the new Areola. You know, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. I'm all right with it. <laughs> I'm fine with it. If he's if if Legette is the tenth worst player on our, on our starting lineup, I'm I'm good with that. I'm okay I'm a hundred percent fine with a Legette sub role. Yeah, I yeah. think he's he's versatile. He adds a lot of energy. He's dynamic. He makes things happen, as opposed to a Roldan, who is very reactive. And like, um, uh, I forget who said it in the media. One of the MLS commentators, I think, said that Roldan looks like totally lost when there's no uh, outstanding South American number ten to pass to. <laughs> yeah. Like his entire job is to like collect and look for Ladero, and there's no Ladero, and so he's just like he's just lost. Uh, and so the, yeah, the U S is like trying him on the right wing and stuff. It's like, just stop, stop trying to make fetch happen. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Good, good MLS player. It's just not going to happen. And, and legit, I would say worse MLS player, better national team player. That's you interesting. Know, more, Why do you, th- how, more, how do you think that is? Is that just because of the Ladero connection? Yeah. I mean, it could, it's, it's all team dynamics. Like the, the game is so complicated. You know, I think if you put, um, Gareth Bale on our team. I don't think he looks like Gareth Bale, uh, and and there's there's a lot of players who are like that, where the, it's it's the collective that that really helps them to shine, and so their their value is very is is highly variable. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, with with Legette in particular, I think it's about mindset, it's about uh, attitude, 
like maybe there's a little bit less skill there, but his, um, I think his, his, uh, game smarts are maybe a little bit higher, uh, at the moment. And Roldan's like his toolkit, I, I guess like for Seattle, his main function is, you know, breaking up play and connecting play. Right. And at the national team level, I've just never seen him exert any sort of physicality or like dominance over his space, you know? Yeah. So, so it could be, it could be a, like how, you know, certain college football quarterbacks translate and certain don't like, even if they have the same stats in college, like they're different players at the higher level because of the, the like physical differences of the higher level. Um, so it's, it's something like that, but I, but point being, uh, I think the, the, you know, that's why we've had these games. That's why we've seen Roldan 15 times and we know that's what we're getting. And I think it's time to, time to just move on with that one, unfortunately. Um, yeah, but you know, legit, legit's a keeper. Ariel is a keeper. Um, you know, there's a couple of other of these, these like mid-level MLS guys yeah. who are, who are good enough. Uh, and and can be a part of it. And Leggett would be a great candidate for the away team. The, yeah, also. he's the definition of yeah. the away team. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're down, he'll, we're he'll down with you. that. We're, yeah, he'll we're down you. with that kind of player. <laughs> now, uh, Tim Ream, frustratingly, had a really good uh, showing in terms of his abilities on the ball uh, at left center midfield, which is... Which center imp- back. Uh, pardon me, at left yeah. center back, which is implies... which makes me think he's probably going to start there again and too many times until uh, Greggy B, you know, until we don't make it out of the hex and Greggy B gets fired too late. Yeah, it's going to happen until he makes big mistakes in World Cup qualifiers and then (laughs) he'll get dropped again for two years and then he'll come back. It's just a perpetual cycle. Yeah, I can't can't put my faith in someone who has already failed in the biggest spots possible for the team. I mean... like just move on yeah there's no point there's no there's really no point in evaluating i mean i get the argument or you know sort of his quotes about he feels like a totally new player he's the best he's ever been like uh, that that's i guess reasonable to evaluate but like it's reasonable for him to say that it's reasonable for him to say (laughs) that yes but but he was 29 during world cup qualification and there are two two moments in qualification that that where he really failed the team. One was, uh, I think it was Marco Arena's goal uh, for Costa Rica um, that kind of iced the game against Costa Rica, where he's just like totally sold uh, sold a bill of goods in the way, same, similar way that Aaron Long was in this game against Broad. Um, Broad. And then the second one was he he failed to clear a ball in Panama. I think it actually went off his butt instead of him clearing it. Uh, that fell to Panama for their. Um, uh, equalizer or go ahead goal i don't remember in the the away qualifier at panama so it's just I, having seen those events i just can't i can't hand the keys to someone like that and it's just really hard for me to to envision like you know going back to him in a clutch spot and then like then you think okay maybe he's a sub or a backup or like a, a locker room leadership guy and it's like we've got plenty of that you know I, so I, I get that he fits in the system, and and it, like theoretically, he's a he's a good match for the system, um, but you know, I, it's it's just I, I I continue to be perplexed by the way that we just keep going back to the well with the same people yeah. and expecting different results, you know. So let's just look back at the camp in general. I mean, at, after the Mexico game, it was it was rough. It was hard to watch. It didn't look good. 
And I kind of walked away from that game thinking it was a little better than um, most people received it as. Um, and now after this game, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, I, I guess I'm, I'm wanting to take a moment to say, like, just to be clear, I, I don't think that, I still don't think that Greggy B is a good coach for this national team. Um, and, you know, this, I haven't seen anything in these friendlies that changes my mind. Um, I just thought that the enormous panic after the Mexico game was, was a little bit over, overblown because of what is inevitably going to happen tactically in a game versus those two coaches. Um, but, but Ty, what's your, I mean, what are you walking away from this camp with? Are you, are we, are you, are you Greggy B out? Are you, uh, you know, are you Greggy B maybe? I mean, and there's, and, and also if you could include in that, uh, in your answer here, something to, to address this, the idea of like, there's, there's a tactical vision that Greggy B has and Tim Ream, as we were saying, fits that, uh, but he's not a good player. And I think Will Trapp is another example that fits the tactical vision, but is not a mm -hmm. good enough player. Right. right and right. is it yeah. possible for Greggy B to come with a different tactic or do we need to um, you know, toss the whole thing, including the coach. Um, I would say I'm 90% out. Uh, the 10% the being that he has shown, like in the Gold Cup, uh, where he switched Zardes for Josie for the, for the final games, he's shown a, some scintilla of awareness that some of these decisions haven't been optimal. So, and, and his record at... Um, in Columbus was was pretty good at turning you know turning a uh, not not the highest payroll in the league into like a very reasonably successful uh, team even even reaching a final. Um, so so for me I think he's he's a talented coach. I just think he's myopic about these decisions, particularly the personnel, um, the the system. I don't mind. I think you know keep it simple. One one unifying idea of just like trying to keep the ball on the ground. I've been calling for that for years. Of course, of course I'm down for that. Um, but I, it, it just, you know, it, my, my criticism is that he just won't give up on things that didn't work. And, um, and that's, that's a, a criticism I would expect to have with, with most coaches. Like the, the last four uh, national team coaches did the same thing. You know, Bruce, Bruce had his group of three, four, five players who he was just going to play no matter what. And and Klinsman had his players. who's just going to play no matter what. And Bob Bradley has his players. And the, the entire fan base can see that Ricardo Clark's not national team level. And then you're in a World Cup, and Ricardo Clark is starting, and he coughs it up in the middle, and and Ghana scores the the go ahead goal in a in a round of sixteen match. Like that, these are the things that happen because of this favoritism. But I'm starting to get a little bit s cynical about the. <laughs> the notion that we'd have a coach who doesn't do it, you know, it seems, seems to be in the water. So, um, so that's, that's kind of my 10% is like, maybe, maybe this is actually w what we should expect or hope for. And like maybe switching it really wouldn't do that much because all coaches are going to do this. Uh, but it's, it's just, it makes me feel super insane to see Zarda's trap, this like roll down, just roll him through convey your belt on through every it's, single time it's frustrating and and i i don't know what the answer is i mean we we're on this journey together you ty myself uh you out there the peeps we 
we're all trying to scratch our heads and figure this shit out, all, you know, in live time. Um, but it does, it seems like either, it's, it's, I'd like to be hopeful about this on both accounts. I'd like to believe that Greggy B can learn and actually find, like, metamorphosize, metamorphose this team into a good team over time. And I'd also like to believe that another coach could do better. Um, so I'm, I'm going to hang on to that hope as we go into the CONCACAF Nations League. Let's see. We're going to play Do Cuba. we have a new jingle for that? <laughs> yeah, we, we should get one of those going. We've got, Nations League. we've got Cuba and then Canada and then Canada and then Cuba. So it's, it's October uh, 11th and 15th are the next games uh, for this uh, men's national team. And, wait, wait a uh, second. Are you, sorry, are you sure? Is it we're playing two sets with those two teams? Is that how? That's what I'm looking at. Okay, okay, cool. I didn't understand that. So the CONCACAF Nations League. Welcome to the Nations League. I've been pumped for this because it's competitive matches. This is a tournament. What I'm not pumped for is trying to understand what the fuck, <laughs> how the fuck this works. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to read. Uh, I'm sure other podcasts will do a, a competent job of explaining this to you. Um, but I, I think we're just going to go with what most people are going to, you know, think and perceive. Um, and I'll just read you this little snippet. So, uh, the first round of gold cup qualifiers will be two legged matches between the second place finishers of league B and the first place finishers of league C to be played in March, 2020. The four winners of this round will advance to the second round to face the third place finishers of league (laughs) A in matches to be played in June, 2020. (laughs) The four matchup winners in the second round qualified to the 2021 Gold Cup. So, did you get that? Is that clear? got it? Uh, the Concacaf Nations League is a is a recurring competition that is played during the FIFA dates. So, it's not a tournament. It's a it's a more of a league structure competition, and there are 41 teams in Concacaf, and they've been divided into three leagues. League A, B, and C, League corresponding a, B, roughly the <laughs> A, B, one, yeah, Uno. Uh, so the the leagues are um, you know tiers within Concacaf, and all of League A is divided into groups. So League A has twelve teams that are divided into four groups of three. League B has sixteen teams that are in groups, and League C as well. And every fixture date or you know uh, window, international window the teams will play other teams in their group. And at the end of the nation's league, here's what will happen. The best teams in league a, the best league will go to the final round, which is to decide who's the, the winner of the CONCACAF nation's league. So that's the top four teams in league a, uh, the top four teams in league B will be promoted up to league a for the next iteration of the nation's league uh the top four in league c will be promoted to league b and there will be corresponding relegation from the leagues to to the uh, leagues below um the added quirk is that the nation's league is also now gold cup qualifying (laughs) so the top eight teams from league a will be automatically in the gold cup and then the other teams have some chance based on some crazy playoff so um, suffice it to say, we're going to be in League A, hopefully for forever. I hope we're never in League B because uh, it has 12 so, teams. But that doesn't explain Cap. to me why we're playing 
Cuba and Canada twice. They so they, oh, because Cuba we're in the Canada same group. In, yeah, they're in League okay. A. They're in the top twelve, and um, and so we're in their group. And there's four groups of three teams each. So I guess we're gonna play oh, home yeah, and yeah, away. Yeah. I thought it was just this one cycle, but anyway. So we'll play home and away, and then if we win this group. Uh, with Canada and Cuba, we advance to the finals, which is over the spring sometime. Okay. Uh, so, so that's that's basically what we're dealing with. Is the U.S. is playing home and away, Canada and Cuba. If we get out of this group, we make it to the finals, uh, and then we'll explain that uh, if and when that happens. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's when competitive matches. Comes. You know, just take our word for it. Uh, we're competing for something. They'll exp- John Strong will explain it much better. And and um, we're also, as yeah. always, competing for our third goal scored by the chest. So that's always yeah, absolutely. Always we're in definitely play. leading. We're definitely leading. Is that a Gold Cup qualifier <laughs> qualifying factor as well? If you come in last place in Group B, <laughs> and you've scored with your chest. You automatically win the gold cup. So, at the, but at the same time, right there's there's uh, Olympic qualifying going on. What's going on in the world of of the Olympics and the under twenty threes right now? Yeah. So the under twenty threes, uh, they played at camp um, this international window. They had one friendly against Japan, which they won two nothing, and and sounded pretty dominant uh, in that game. So that's good news. Their qualifying, I think, is in the spring. I'm going to have to check, double check on that, but we'll we'll definitely preview that for you because it's going to be a whole tournament, um, and it's going to be so 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 important for the future of the big national team. Uh, this is definitely not a youth team tournament. I mean, this is under 23 players, so we're talking about the very best teenage uh, prospects from MLS. Um, and then if we are to make the Olympic team, it'll be essentially the spine of the of the men's national team uh, playing in in, in Tokyo. So, um, so extremely invested in, in the U.S. Uh, qualifying for that tournament, but the, the organization of the qualifying um, uh, competition has been uh, a little shaky, to say the least. Conca-caffy, if you will. <laughs> and what's shaky about it? Uh, it's just like it was, it was originally scheduled, I think, for now, roughly, um, as of like a year ago and then it, it's progressively moved and then not moved and no one's exact was exactly clear. So I think I might be one news update behind, but, um, yeah, but we'll, we'll bring it to you, uh, when, when it's confirmed, uh, and we'll preview that there'll be a, a roster, which will be very, very important, uh, because we'll see if the MLS clubs are willing to sacrifice some of their, you know, top young players, um, a miles Robinson, uh, per chance, for the U.S. cause to potentially make it to the Olympics. Yeah. So here we are, folks. We'll be with you for all that. Um, this was this was fun enough, I guess. I mean, I know it's hard hey, out it's there. It's the Nats. It's the Nats. It, it's it's just... the Nats. The uh, don't no need to watch the the highlights uh, from this Uruguay game. Just just move on. Uh, they're not that interesting. But this is how I feel about uh, about red wine. You know. <laughs> Some people get really uppity and they're like, oh, I'd never drink that. I'm like, really? You wouldn't? You wouldn't, though? <laughs> <laughs> really, though? <laughs> really, though? <laughs> yeah, I'll take a glass of Merlot. I'll take Absolutely, it. I'll take your Greg glass, too, Pass bro. that over. <laughs> uh, so we'll be with you. Chuck. <laughs> we'll be with you for all of this PBR quality. Yeah, it's uh, PBR. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I love. I don't I, want a Bud Light, but I'll take a Bud Light. But I'll not not have one. I love it when I catch up with an old friend uh, for uh, 
by accident, ran, run into somebody uh, that I wasn't expecting to see, and it just kind of works out. I also uh, love it when the weather, uh, when the summer weather breaks and it starts to get just a little bit cooler. This is my favorite mm. time of year, I'll tell you that much. No mm -hmm. doubt about it. And I really like uh, the YouTube channel by ContraPoints, uh, a, uh, a philosophical mm -hmm. mind over there explaining a lot of complex and often confusing topics, so check her out. Uh, but I don't love any of that stuff as much as I love the Nats. Anyways. Goodbye, people. Goodbye. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people.